Hey, WellPod listeners, just two quick notes. One, there's a bit of strong language in this episode, so if you don't like that sort of thing or if children are in the room, this is your fair warning. But if you like this episode and the show in general, do us a favor. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Music and comedy, because obviously you can be funny in music and it can be comedic even though you're just doing pure music. Obviously comedy uses musical elements like timing and texture and tonality and delivery and like focusing on negative space. They're kind of similar in a way. Um, they they're, they're slightly different angles, but they get to the same place. It's just we're addicted to classifying and and cordoning off and specializing because that creates, because then there's ownership, and then ownership is control, and control gives you commodities. And it's like, you know, you can use as many of those things that you want, right? Four years ago, I worked with a few people at the Brookings Institute, and I arrived at a conclusion. (laughs) Tomorrow is another day. Welcome to The Well, the podcast where we bring you stories about creativity and inspiration. I'm Anson Mount. And I am Brandon Edgens. And today I'm sharing an interview I taped this fall with musician and comedian Reggie Watts. Now, while Brandon and Reggie have never met, Brandon is a Reggie Watts fan, isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us why? Oh, well, I mean, okay, this is, there should be the disclaimer right up front because I mean, it's Reggie, and there's going to be a whole lot of fuck shit stack all over this podcast. <laughs> what, what Brandon's alluding to right now is a, is a song and music video that Reggie did called <laughs> Fuck Shit Sack, or is it Shit Fuck Stack? Fuck, fuck Shit Stack. Right. It's a complete send-up of modern hip-hop, and uh, it's kind of brilliant. We'll put it on the website in the show notes section. And these days, you probably know Reggie as the band leader on The Late Late Show with James Corden. But... Um, Basically, one day, many years ago, I walked onto the subway platform in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and there was this guy with this huge afro wearing bedazzled sunglasses, rainbow suspenders with the pant legs rolled up, showing knee-high striped socks, and toting this tiny little bicycle. And I thought to myself, well, that guy's probably got a good story. And it was a couple of years later that I walked into a fancy dinner in L.A. honoring my boss at AMC, Josh Sapan, when I looked over, 
and saw the same guy. He looked back at me, pointed, and said, Williamsburg, right? (laughs) Well, it turned out this was Reggie. He was there in connection with his TV show at the time, Comedy Bang Bang, which had and continues to have a rabid cult following. Anyway, I liked Reggie right away, and he was kind enough to stomach me asking him about his relationship to comedy and music for most of the night. Because what Reggie does as a performer is without a doubt one of the most unique things I have ever seen on stage. You see, because Reggie doesn't really think of himself as a comedian and a musician, to him, they're not that different. They're kind of similar in a way. Um, they, they're, they're slightly different angles, but they get to the same place. But what's most impressive is that every Reggie Watts performance including all the clips you've heard thus far, and everything that you are about to hear, is 100% totally improvised. Reggie does not write jokes, and he does not write songs. They're just, well, there. And the music and the comedy, they each flow in and out and on top of one another, quite often with astounding speed and clarity. This is from a 2011 performance Reggie did for Pop Tech. For my last song, uh, I would like to do... uh, This is one of my favorite songs. I've been doing it for quite some time. Um, I worked for the Oak Ridge Boys for quite some time as well. And um, this last year, we were voted most innovative lighting system. And uh, do you know who wasn't? Radiohead. And so Reggie opens up on how his Oak Ridge Boys lighting system is superior to Radiohead and how Tom York has seen better days. And then he suddenly announces that he has a poem. Here's a quick poem I'd like to tell you real quick. And then Reggie's entire body launches into fast motion. And watching the video of this performance feels like the film has been sped up. But from the laughter, you can tell that it hasn't. It's a completely insane thing to behold. And just one of the many ways Reggie Watts messes with your reality. Yeah, just just going up and playing with the audience, you know, playing conceptually with the audience and kind of messing around with their expectations and um, confusing them and things like that. It's that's that's what's fun. But it's all benevolent. It's all it's it's all done in the spirit of like I'm. I, this is for you. It's for me, but it's also for you too. <laughs> My parents were working a lot, and I, I was a latchkey kid. Um, I spent a lot of time by myself playing. I loved science fiction and fantasy stuff, and um, Dungeons and Dragons, and comedy, and cartoons, and like all these worlds that I could disappear in and create in my room, or I'd build models and. And, you know, watching TV and just loving TV and the TV shows and, and things like that and PBS and, and Monty Python really kind of blew my mind open when I was a kid and I was like, you know, 11 years old or whatever. Uh, so 
I just had a natural gravitation to funny, absurd, silly things. I mean, even the Muppet Show had these incredibly funny moments. Um, and sometimes Sesame Street, not as much, but but um, a little bit. So any place that there was comedy that I that it existed and I saw it and I loved it, I just I just wanted more. And that more Reggie kept feeling it reminded me of my own entry into performance. Because the latchkey kids of the 1980s, we actually had a name. We were called the TV Generation. I'd like to have you meet my family. Political purposes, my opponents, youth and inexperience. In the name of Jesus, Bones. Yes, sir. It's a new breakfast cereal called Maple. Growing up with the television as your babysitter already puts you in the position of continual intake. But when you're also a kind of an odd duck, and at the same time when kids can be cruel, you also become highly sensitive to all the other human behavior around you. So that intake valve gets locked wide open. Popularity. What is it made of? Want to ride oh, Especially when you compare it with some of the... And with all that information going in, eventually something has to get expressed. Channel 2 now concludes its broadcast day. That's where Reggie and I both got lucky. Each of our high schools had excellent speech and debate programs. The first year I did humor solo and I was doing, my coach let me do improv stuff and I was just doing like weird impressions and sound effects and things like that. I mean, it was like Bill Cosby impersonations, um, Michael Jackson impersonations, but like, you know, putting them in weird situations or I'd sing Olivia Newton-John songs or whatever was popular in the 80s. Like, you know, there would be like bits and pieces of that or I'd pretend like I was a radio station and flip between different pop songs. So, I mean, that wasn't necessarily a comedy stage. That was me performing in empty classrooms on weekends in different cities around the state um, competing. But I did enter a stand-up comedy competition. It was, it was at the Sheraton Hotel in Great Falls, Montana. And it was very surreal. It was crazy. But I basically took the act that I had been developing in humor, solo, and drama. And so I got up with actual other comedians, older guys, and won <laughs> the, the competition. And then from that, you won money, but you also got, you got like three gigs around the state. You know, so that, that was great. But I mean, me on stage, it was basically what I'm doing now with probably a few more impressions and not as much, and then no loop, looping equipment. I didn't have a looping pedal. The looping pedal. It's a staple of Reggie's work. You're a guitarist, Brandon. You've probably used one of these before. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's one of these things that, well, I mean, you hit a button, you, you know, you do a little a pattern and you time it, you hit a button and it just starts repeating that over and over again. And Reggie plays that thing I mean, he turns it into an instrument, and it's my, you probably, this is is where you're going with this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you do it. Well, what Reggie does when he wants to segue into an improvised song is he starts by laying down a beat. (laughs) And he catches it on the sampler. (laughs) Then he lays down a vocal rhythm to that beat. (laughs) And captures that. Maybe one or two more tweaks. <laughs> and then he starts to riff. Yeah, 
2010, Reggie gets his own Comedy Central special called Why Shit So Crazy, and people go bananas over it. He's playing bigger and bigger gigs, and pretty soon, he gets an offer from the IFC channel to create his own show with Scott Ackerman called Comedy Bang Bang, which quickly develops a rabid following. And it's around this time that Reggie gets a very peculiar invitation. It's from TED. You know TED Talks? Oh yeah. It stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And for those not familiar, they've become known for programming these live speaking events which showcase people who are on the cutting edge of innovation in their given field. And while a lot of their videos go viral, the events themselves have the reputation of being rather geeky. Now, I don't mean that to be insulting, but it tends to be a rather intellectual scene. In fact, I actually took the liberty of looking up the program guide from the TED 2012 and it reads more or less like this. Theoretical physicist Brian Greene, satellite archaeologist Sarah Parsak, roboticist Vijay Kumar, economist Edward Glazer, mayor of Rio de Janeiro Eduardo Pais, anthropologist and ethnobotanist Wade Davis, entrepreneur and energy theorist T. Boone Pickens, then vocalist, beatboxer, comedian, Reggie Watts. <laughs> it reminds me of that that Sesame Street segment. One of these kids is doing his own thing. One of these kids just isn't the same. But Reggie actually, he's he's a fan of Ted. So when he gets this invitation, he's psyched, right? And Reggie's name is big enough at this point that a lot of people kind of know who he is. And by the time he takes the stage, there's a palpable hum of expectation, which he greets by speaking in perfect gibberish. It turns into a kind of Italian, but isn't, I don't think. And then French? His mother was French, so maybe it is. And then... And that's one of the things that I enjoy most about uh, this convention. It's not so much as so little as to do with what everything is. But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves. So what he's doing here is taking the whole idea of Ted, this room full of intellectuals talking to each other in a camera-wired box, and he's adopted a kind of enlightened tone of academic sharing. The future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. And he's subverting it with nonsense and throwing it back at those very same people. But what's great about it, you have to see it to see what I'm talking about. It's not mean. If anything, it's joyful. Like a little boy doing an impression of his parents. We also have anti-fear. It's hard to imagine or measure. And then, just when the audience starts to get fully on board with this persona... ...seen under the normal spectral analysis. But we feel as though uh, there are times when a lot of us, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, 
It's an incredible performance, and unlike anything you're likely to see on a TED stage, much less any stage, he kills. It's a song about people and Sasquatches. As of this moment, Reggie's TED Talk has garnered over 16 million views across the TED website and YouTube alone. It's an official viral sensation. Here we go! When you're in the right zone, yeah, everything starts to open up and unfold and you start to make these connections. And that is what improvisation is. Improvisation, to me, is uh, is about letting go. Many times, like, I'll be singing and it feels like I'm hearing what is being sung milliseconds before I'm singing it. So it feels like I'm actually just listening to myself perform. And when I get into that mode, that's the zone. And that's the zone where you can't focus on it too much and you have to just completely relax and allow it to happen. You feel like you're being a conduit. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's very much like channeling. That's that's what it feels like, um, and that's a really amazing feel. That's why I need to perform as much as I do because I want that more of the time. So you probably won't be surprised to learn that shortly after this, Reggie gets another TED invitation. This one is to speak at the TED City 2.0 event in Berlin. But to his credit. Reggie isn't going to fly to Berlin and do a repeat of what he did in Long Beach. In fact, he couldn't if he wanted to. Because being an improvisational performer, Reggie doesn't keep a joke book or a series of rehearsed sets. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole name of the game. The, 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 the thing that I try to do is I, I, I try to approach differently or begin differently, um, you know, uh, use a different voice, use a different... Uh, you know, like anything, anything possible at all uh, to basically just fuck it up, to fuck up what I'm, what I would usually do. Uh, anything possible to throw off my rhythm, uh, I, I try to do that. Even if it's working? I mean, even if it's working, yeah. I mean, I just don't want to get too comfortable. I don't want to feel like someone's catching on. And Berlin was about to serve as the perfect clean slate. Because this was a place with its own unique culture, and where Reggie was still virtually unknown. Not only that, he would be walking into the coldest audience possible. A group of German intellectuals that was there to listen to high-minded academics and had been doing so all day. So to them, why should this next guy be any different? In other words, it was a stage set for a potential downfall of mythic proportions. So right from the start, he, he walks out and tries this shtick where he's, he pretends to miss the microphone and talk into an invisible microphone and then realizes the actual microphone is right beside him and there is nothing. <laughs> There's no reaction. It's just dead silence. And he doesn't pause for a second. When we think about architecture, everybody that we know around us assumes to know the definition. And... 
I'm not the first to say that I don't know a lot about architecture. But I can definitely say that I am made up of architecture. I mean, you can, you can literally hear the buzz of the amplifiers. <laughs> it is so silent in this auditorium. The way that I'm formed on a biological level and the way that my skeleton moves about the way that it does is a form of architecture. I mean, I could just hear the thoughts going through these people's minds, like, who is this? Is this guy supposed to be up here? Is this a stagehand that's lost his mind? Is this, he, did he just walking off the street? Where's security? <laughs> now, many of us eat different forms of pasta every day, and yet we don't think of pasta as architecture. But what is architecture? Architecture is not simply something soft that you can put in your hand and mold it to your own wishes or desires. But it is something that can be delicious if used with the right sauces. Now... And then you start to hear a couple of jitters in, in the audience. A couple of people are starting to get it. I think when he said the thing about pasta, somebody was finally starting to go, oh, this is, a, this is, a, this is not what it appears to be. Pasta is always funny. That, 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 I got, I'm sorry, I got to say that was a crutch. <laughs> Biology. Yes, we can learn from it. Biomimicry is something really cool. Um, but you know what else is cool? other things and then you can kind of hear a couple of what i call charity laughters you know that the, there's this thing that happens sometimes where you a couple of people are getting getting it and they they're they're on your side and they really want you they want it to work so they're they're laughing you know they're because they're they're rooting for you but I, it's not until you get that first big in unison laugh that you're on to something and then he gets it but what i want mostly most of all never ever could i ever would be whoever would be should be should to say for now is hey <laughs> thank you some of you may know a few Germans. And just then, after he's, he's got them, right, then he decides um, to take another risk. He starts talking about Germans. If you get a chance, you should definitely, um, I, I've said this earlier, but we should have some Dampfnudel. He's um, addressing their love of Dampfnudel. <laughs> and then claims to have invented a Dampfnudel machine. Say that we have a Dampfnudel machine um, that we're working on, it will be available in the lobby when you come out and you can just press a button and get your any flavored Dampfnudel that you want. And then it seems like the, the audience, they were maybe retract a little bit, I don't know, but he seems like he, he gets off his game in a way I haven't quite seen. If you guys are ready, uh, if you look under your seats, there are some headphones, you can put them on and uh, take a listen to some of this unique three-dimensional music. So then he decides he's gonna perform a song, right? It's one of his strengths. Some gigs I feel like I'm leaning on 
meandering too much or I'm leaning on abstraction too much or like just silly noises too much or whatever and and then I start to get into a self-analysis and then that's a that's a problem feeling of being in the cockpit but knowing that you like you're in control to some degree of the plane yeah and that turbulence is part of the ride yes exactly (laughs) yep exactly yeah 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 and if there's never any turbulence it would be boring yeah oh man you need that i love it like when things things go awry those are my favorite moments yeah because you're taking advantage of this potentially catastrophic moment the way you're responding to it is by allowing the chaos to order itself. You're using the energy of the chaos to create order. You know the blues, yeah, yeah, the blues. And what gets me is that and so that the song works, and then he launches back into like a this faux German that that that, that and again puts the room sort of off center, and I don't. It's like he's leaping into the uncomfortableness of oh, the situation. He ha- he shares um, uh, a sensibility with Andy Kaufman. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's that sort of like, if it's everyone's on board, it's not fun. There have been moments where I'm doing a show and I'm not really, I'm not trying to be funny in any way and suddenly people are laughing and I'm like, that's just very strange. But uh, if it's an audience that's kind of half people that don't know, that's really fun for me because then there's this slow realization of what I'm doing and you can feel the transformation throughout the, the performance. And that's, that's really funny. There seems to be like half of him is searching for the thing that's going to work, and then the other half of him that's continually subverting that when he finds a path. What's finding is finding the comfort zone and then stepping out of it, you know. And if you just keep wondering, if you keep, you can keep pushing it, uh, the audience away or leading them into sort of more into the weeds more and more and more and more, and then they just stop caring. And he knows that he has to bring them in because they want it to work. And then they follow him there, and he's a trickster. And then he, they, he's like, oh, this is where you want me to go? I'll be right here? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to go over there. <laughs> but at the same time, he's doing it to himself is what's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. 
Everybody, when you put your pants on, put your pants on, put your trousers on. When you put your pants on, do you put your trousers on? Do you put your trousers on after you put your pants on? Do you put your pants on, then your trousers? Do you put your trousers on, then your pants? Look like the superhero, look like the superhero, look like the superhero, look like the superhero, yeah. Do you have lots of stuff that you like to do? Then you're a person. Do you have lots of things that you're interested in? Then you're a person. What? If you can't do anything, then why don't you do everything? Because it's literally impossible. So there. In the, and then he does that. Like, what? Why is that so funny? Well, I think he, that, I think it's the first time in the show we really get a sense of like, oh my god, this guy is really smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah incredibly yeah. smart. He's not just pretending to be smart. He's he is as smart as anybody. But exactly, there. he's not just making fun of the way smart people talk. He is one of them too. But he's this self-reflective type who likes to like find deflate all of that. But his understanding of it is complete. Thank you so much. And you can hear he has got them cheering. They are fully on his side. But he is not to be outdone. He is not done yet. He is determined to lose them and get them back again. As we mentioned, uh, some early dumb noodlers. Um, uh, save some for us. So he throws out a couple of non sequiturs that he, again, like knocks the audience off center. And then he launches into this. Take me apart and you see the way. How can be the day Absolutely incredible jazzy R&B thing. Ducks are like chickens. Ducks are like chickens. And pigeons like sparrows, and sparrows like ducks, and pterodactyl spread your wings and squawk to the sky above. Cause you ain't no bird and no more. It gets to the point where they're clapping along, and even there, he throws it off by. He stops singing and pretends he's listening to a non-existent band. <laughs> and the audience doesn't know what to do. And I know that there's a reason to be woke. Cause I've been waiting. 
<laughs> we get some yodeling out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Santa's annoying mine. Mercedes, BMW. And now he's just saying the name of microphone equipment. And then he somehow continues this absolutely incredible vocal solo that just goes on and on and on, and it's incredible. He's literally down on his knees on the stage, go absolutely going for everything that he can, because he is convinced that he's just, he's gonna make this showstopper out of just thin air. Now compare that audience to the one that he walked into, and this is a complete triumph. I, I think he's one of the most exciting performers in the world. <laughs> I really do, because it's that, you know, watching someone work without a net is always exciting, but what's even more amazing about him is that he's so good at it, and he's so confident, and he's so relaxed on stage that unlike, say, a tightrope walker sometimes, you're not worried for him. He, he does take, there's that beginning when you're trying to figure out what he's doing. Once you realize that he is in control of what's going on, you can kind of relax too and just get on this crazy ride that you're on together because he's making it up too. He doesn't have a roadmap. So you're both, he, you get to explore a creative space with the performer who's discovering it at that moment. I don't know anyone else who does something like that. And because he has such an incredible empathy about him, He's going to these crazy places, but you never feel like he's leaving you behind. As he said, you know, it's it's benevolent, and that's that's an important part of his work. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, you, you've you mentioned before in other conversations we've had about trusting your wings. Like I don't I don't know anyone who trusts their wings the way he does. I mean, everyone, you know, you know, jazz musicians have a structure. They've got something to sort of fall back on. Uh, comedians have written jokes. I don't, I've never seen anyone ride waxing and waning expectation like a like a wave. And he has so much, so many options about where he can take that energy, you know, into uh, into j- jokes, into music, into the especially the mix between the two, and the way he uses words as music. Yeah, well, it goes back to what he was talking about being a conduit. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, it when when you're at your best as an artist, you have to admit, and if, if you haven't realized this, then you're not at your best, that it's not you. You've just succeeded in creating enough structure or honing enough of a craft that you can step out of the way. Oh, yeah. And let something else that's universal begin speaking through you. Uh, it reminds me of this great TED Talk that Elizabeth Gilbert gave. Uh, in which she told this great story about Tom Waits, who was, um, at the time, he was stuck in, on the 10 freeway and he'd been working on a song for a long time. And suddenly, the answer to it came to him, and he, he didn't have a pen and pencil or a pencil or paper with him. And he just looked up at the sky and he said, Really? Now? And what's brilliant about that is that it, it, it shows very deftly that that guy's in tune with something. And he knows that it's not him. Remember what he said, though. What did he say? 
the idea came upon him when he couldn't do anything with it, and he looked up at the sky and said, "Go bother Leonard Cohen." <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. The Well is produced, recorded, and edited by Brandon Edgens and myself, Anson Mount. Theme music by Jonathan Myberg. Special thanks go out to TED Talks for making their media available under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. And to PopTech for making their media available under a Creative Commons attribution license. And a very special thanks to Reggie Watts for taking the time to sit down with us. We wish him all the best, but we also hope to steal him back from Los Angeles sometime in the near future. Come back to Brooklyn, Reggie. We miss you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Like keep going till you break through that monotony that people are starting to feel and get and arrive to this other side. And that's like what I I love that. I love that I love breaking that pattern. You know, it's like it's the best feeling in the world. Like the more chaotic crap that's like falling down, like no matter what it is, it's like I'm there with it. I love it.